0: Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim in Alhamdulillah, Mos Salatu was Salamu Ayala Rasulillah. Brothers, sisters, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah. So, the Dawah course. Firstly, i like to let you know that I think it's very important that we have a sense of integrity, right, as Muslims. So, when we say we're going to start something at 10, we should start it at 10 and not at 1031, right? But alhamdulillah, it's all good. We are blessed even to be here, to be given the opportunity to share some ideas and interact with an amazing group of brothers and sisters. But I think integrity is very important because when we talk about the da'wah, when we talk about sharing Islam with our brothers and sisters in humanity, what I've realized is that 90% of dawah is actually psychology and 10% is probably information, right? And we have to take that into consideration because your behavior, your state of being, how you relate to yourself, how you relate to others, and how you relate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is extremely important because people can be guided through your state of being, state of becoming. Because Islam is not only a belief, and this is something very important for you to understand. Islam is not only a belief, but rather it's a form of knowing that changes your heart, changes what you say, and how you relate with yourself, how you relate with others, and how you relate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because to be is to be related, okay? And we believe the greatest relationship that anyone can have is the relationship between themselves and their creator and that should effectively change who you are, how you become in the world and I think it's very important for us to move away from an understanding of Islam that Islam is only a set of ideas, right? Because in philosophy, ideas and beliefs could be very mundane like this is a phone, I have a phone in my left hand, that's a proposition are you saying Islam is the same as saying there's a phone in my hand? I mean, who, who dares say that? Are you saying Islam is the same as saying I have a phone in my hand? Does anyone challenge me here? No, because it's not. Islam is greater than that. It transcends that. Islam is a form of knowing that changes everything about you and it transforms how you relate to the world. It changes your state of being because humans are human beings, not human doings, okay? So it's very important for us to understand, generally speaking, that when it comes to Dawah, when it comes to interacting with our brothers and sisters in humanity, we have to learn how to become in the world, right? Because how many times have we seen people have conversations and they are speaking the truth, you know? huck. 101, it is the basic, foundational truth But the way they express that truth It's like, I don't want to speak to this guy Okay? And then you, and then you have someone else Who's maybe speaking and articulating half the truth But because the way they are, it's far more attractive It's far more attractive That's why marketing works That's why social media works That's why people follow other people even though those people don't have any basis because of the way they are and the way they showcase themselves and, you know, you know, apparent beauty or apparent whatever the case may be, they seem to be attractive in some way, physically and psychologically. And that is very important to consider because psychology is, is everything. So it's important to have integrity because that's part of your character. And if you have a good character, it will manifest itself in the real world and people will be attracted to that. So that's very, it's very something very important to consider, and that's coming from someone who, you know, became Muslim like 17 years ago, or 16, 17 years ago. And in the early part of me being a Muslim, I thought it was all about abstract rational arguments. That's how you become Muslim. But you know, as you mature and you get older and you go through your experiences and you go back into academia, you realize that's neither here or there, that's like 10% of what's really important. What's essential to engaging with human beings is actually our psychology. Because what you're going to learn in today's dawah course is we're going to learn about what the human being is. Because you know when we give Dawa, we're like, yes, let me learn how to give Dawa and disprove someone or prove, me, prove myself right. But we don't learn what is the human being, because you're talking to the human being We miss that, there's a big gap in the way we you know, articulate ourselves concerning Islam And wanting to show Islam and share Islam to the world And that gap is that we don't know who the human being is right? So yes, we know it's, uh, Da'wah is an obligation You know, Da'wah is very rewardable And we're calling to Allah and we have all these amazing arguments But there's a, there's a big gap And the gap is, well who are you talking to? Because if you don't know who you're talking to Then how are you going to address them? And this is why our dawah today, generally speaking Especially online Is what I call a functional physical or functional computerized model for the dawah We think if we type in some very clever algorithm, right? Someone's going to become a Muslim. We treat human beings as not human beings but human doings, computers. If we give them this rational argument, khalas, that's it, they're going to become Muslim. But this is a huge failure on our part and from that point of view, I think we have secularized our tradition. We have secularized Islam. From the point of view that we think if we give some people some premises and a conclusion and it's very strong, just like a deductive argument that means it's going to transform someone, it's going to change someone But that's not the case because the human being is more than just a mind right? The human being is more than just an aql The human being has a ruh has a soul, has a fitrah, has an innate disposition has a <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, this is something very important to understand. So if you think you came here today thinking, right, Hamz is going to give me some great arguments, forget about it. Go on YouTube. I'm not here to give you arguments, right? Because our problem is arguments. That's the problem. That's why we're in the mess in the first place, because we think we have to argue all the time. <laughs> Just go on YouTube and check out, you know, Speaker's Corner Hyde Park. You know, And everyone's loving it, you know why? Because Muslims love drama We just love a good drama, don't we? He said this, she said that He refuted him This is all utter, utter, utter In the Urdu language, Bakwas It's rubbish It is, honestly, with all due respect And this is someone who is known to debate Academics and philosophers and all these people But you know, everyone's on a journey Everyone is on a journey and we have to learn And this is why I am so in love with Al-Ghazali, the 11th century theologian May Allah have mercy on him because I think he is a symbol of our times Because Al-Ghazali went through those issues as well, you know He learned philosophy, he was a master of philosophy And then he refuted philosophy to Hafid al-Philasifah The incoherence of the philosophers And Al-Ghazali went on his journey as well and He realised that Iman, Iman, your spiritual conviction Your intellectual and spiritual conviction is not going to come about as a result of a set of deductive arguments or premises And he even mentions, he writes about this and he says If someone is smarter than you, they could change your premise And then your conclusion will contradict your belief What are you going to do? That's essentially what he said, what are you going to do? Iman doesn't only come from good arguments but rather comes through experiencing Islam so practicing the Quran in the prophetic way and making it part of your life because there is another form of knowing in Islam that we don't really talk about which is the experiential aspect now don't get me wrong many ulama said you can't rely you know you can't rely on experience just for you know your deen from that point of view because that could become quite problematic But Islam appreciates there's different forms of knowing that we bring together We don't just focus on one And experiencing the Qur'an and Sunnah can create awakenings within you to strengthen your iman So the point I'm trying to make here is that it's not just about abstract rational arguments Because if someone is smarter than you, they could just play around with your premises and what you're going to do And I've realized this So. I, I did a postgraduate certificate in philosophy I've done a master's in philosophy And now I'm continuing my postgraduate research And I'm not saying this to boast I'm saying this in in, in the other way To show how dumb I am, right? Because in our seminal research papers Because at this level you have to read seminal research papers And when you read philosophy It's not like reading a book in the beginning and in the end It's like you read two sentences And you spend about half an hour thinking about those two sentences, yeah? So in one seminal uh, research, you know, when we're reading the seminar research paper, we had to discuss uh, the Darwinian mechanism and moral realism. Don't worry about the philosophy, but the point is, we were discussing something, and you know, it was a great argument. I was like, she's good at right, she's she's a genius, right? She has shown that you can't have objective moral truths if you believe Darwinism or evolution is a basis for that. I was like, she's brilliant. The week after. We read the response. And I was like, well, she's smart too, (laughs) right? Because what she did is exactly what Al Ghazali is talking about. What she did was she took one of the premises and said, ha, her argument works. But if you change this premise, then it doesn't necessarily follow. And I was like, you know what? It just goes to show, it just goes to show that we just have a pixelated understanding of reality. It goes to show that we have the pixel and it's Allah that has the picture. Allah knows and we don't. Don't get me wrong, Islam has very good arguments. But you can't present the dawah in such an abstract philosophical way. Yes, you could bring that into your repertoire, okay, into your tool set, but you can't rely on it. Because I'm telling you, there's always going to be someone smarter than you I don't care what you think about yourself There is always going to be someone smarter than you, always, right? So hopefully what you're going to learn in this Dawa workshop is that there are different ways to awaken the truth within people And it's not only going to be just rational arguments, it's not only going to be being nice It could be getting people to think, teaching them how to think A Qur'anic method of thinking because what's very important is that we revive that neglected ibadah That we revive that neglected spiritual practice, intellectual practice in the Qur'an which is Tadabbur, Tafakkur We don't do that anymore We don't do that anymore, it's a neglected act of worship And the Qur'an many times raises questions and doesn't give us direct answers it's as if the Quran, Allah is saying to us, if you ask these questions and you're sincere, it would inevitably lead to the right answer. But we've neglected that as a practice, and we should use that to create awakenings in other people. Sometimes not giving people an answer, but just giving them a different way of thinking. You know? And that is very powerful. That's very powerful. And this is why sometimes when I interact with people, I don't even give people answers anymore, even though I may know the answer. I just get them to think, to have a different paradigm shift in the way they see themselves and other people and you know, even Allah. And that would create a different awakening. You know, It's like someone's hungry. Don't give them fish all the time because they're going to be coming to you for fish. Teach them how to fish. Then they don't need you anymore. Then they're empowered. They know how to ask the right questions and, and seek their answers. So that's another way of awakening the truth within. And there are so many other ways. It could be getting people to understand their spiritual experiences in a different way or even their positive experiences or their negative experiences. As Allah says in the Qur'an about the mushrikeen on a boat, right? And then there are clouds, there are waves the size of clouds coming to engulf the boat and temporarily they have the awakening that they supplicate to Allah alone, right? They temporarily stop doing their shirk as a result of that negative experience. And then what happens when they go on the shore? They become thankless. <laughs> but the point is, negative experiences can awaken that truth within. Even looking at someone, honestly, the Prophet and looking at him, his, the Habibullah, the love of Allah, The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Looking at his face could be a means for guidance You know, just look at him saying he's not a liar, khalas And that creates an awakening within you Now you may think, Hamza, this sounds so anti-philosophical, anti-rational So what? At the end of the day, you're calling to your deen or you're not Right, if you want to be an abstract theo philosopher, go for it But as what you're going to learn today, that all has its assumptions And its first principles that can't even be proven anyway Everything is based on some kind of faith or assumption and then you need it in order for your sphere of knowledge to grow right? in a particular field The point I'm trying to articulate here is when we want to give dawah we need to understand what Islam is we need to understand who we are and we need to understand what what creates those awakenings within people If you just focus on one means abstract rational arguments your Tao is going to be very limited and you're going to realize very quickly Very quickly that it's not that effective You have to use different means to awaken the truth within Now this may seem to you a bit disconnected because I haven't explained things in detail yet But this is my introductory kind of breaking the ice, you know, warming up uh, rant as we say But hopefully it's creating some you know, interest and it's like well, I wanna know more, hopefully. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna spend most of the day talking about the da'wah, what is da'wah? Okay, the obligations and rewards, the motivations, the characteristics of the du'a, who must we become in order to be able to be able to effectively reconnect human hearts to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also we're gonna talk about well, what is the human being? And then that is going to be quite critical because it's going to basically unravel some of the things that I've just mentioned, okay?